Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Cheaters, welcome to the Always Cheating Podcast. My name is Josh. I'm here with Brandon. Brandon, how are you? Josh, I am great. We are in like full preseason mode. The rust has been shaken off, uh, but everyone is out there uh, with a little bit of anxiety about what do we expect from the next FPL season. And we've been seeing some of the same questions sort of pop up time again. And our listeners helped submit. 10 of the biggest unanswered questions ahead of this FPL season. Josh, in this episode, we're going to try to answer those 10 questions to put us into better position uh, in terms of what we're going to expect from game week one. I know, but shockingly close. I cannot believe we have, like, it's less than four weeks away. It's, uh, it's the late launch was awesome. I'm, I'm a big fan of it, but I, I cannot believe that we're now less than a month away from the game actually kicking off. Nobody told Gabriel Jesus, Josh, that the season was, uh, he, as far as he's concerned, is too far away. His form will have yeah. vanished for <laughs> Arsenal before, before then. Before we get to uh, the FPL chat, though, we have a huge announcement. We have what could be, I think, the biggest announcement we've had on Always Cheating in the last eight seasons. So, Josh, what do we have in store for uh, our listeners here stateside? I think so, too, Brandon. Fest is coming to the United States. Fest is a group led by Ed Gray with partners Fantasy Football Scout, Fantasy Football Hub, and Fantasy Football Fix, right? Three organizations that Dude. pretty much everyone listening to this podcast would have, yeah. would have heard of or frequently visited. Yeah. Um, and we are partnering with them to bring Fest to the United States. It's going to be a gigantic meetup. Here in Brooklyn, Brandon. Yeah. Yeah, I'm actually technically in Gettysburg, Pennsylvania tonight <laughs> recording this podcast. A ways away uh, from Brooklyn. Trip. Yeah. yeah uh, but yeah, we are going to be in Brooklyn on September 10th for a meetup. It's going to be me and you and Mark Southern's Fantasy Football Scout creator. And I did not realize this, Brandon, until we started to have these conversations about this meetup. Yeah. The person who actually kind of invented the game itself, the three forwards, the five midfielders. If yeah. you have complaints about this, come to this <laughs> event and you can talk to him. So it's very excited to have Mark Southern's there. We also have Gianni Butici there. Anyone who's watched the FPL TV show over the last few years knows about him. He's kind of like the, the Hollywood Squares in residence you know, person. Yeah. Center Square. Update, I got to update that <laughs> reference, I think, Brandon. Even I'm a little too young for the Hollywood Square reference. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, your, your Joan Rivers poster behind you right now betrays <laughs> yeah, exactly, you. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. So we're going to be there. We're going to be doing live recordings. It's it's an incredible venue, which you can talk a little bit more about in a second. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of the perfect venue in terms of it being, it's, it literally is on a rooftop in, in Brooklyn. And, but they have pitches at the venue as well. Um, there's TVs everywhere. We'll be able to watch the full slate of Saturday matches on September 10th. So it's incredible exciting and uh it's absolutely going to sell out we have limited availability i'm not just saying that it's actually true mm-hmm. uh so uh go to fast-nyc.com or fast hyphen nyc you know sure. wh- whichever you prefer you know i'm a dash guy you know a, a simple dash will do brandon m n hyphen yeah. they're, they're all going to work for you is it uh, your uh, yeah. is is it your um 
allegiance to Dash, the Pixar character that leads you down this path. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And by the way, I don't think an M dash will work, so don't use that. <laughs> no. uh, just a simple dash, Brandon. Uh, Fast.nyc.com is where you can go to, to learn more about the event, to get tickets. You can also see uh, some images of the venue there, too. Yeah. It's real. It, like, I genuinely think it's a, it's a beautiful venue and really, really awesome. So excited to, to have all these guys. They're actually, you know, they're all flying over uh, from the UK for this event. Um, and uh, they're going to be hanging out with us and hanging out with you. So yeah. uh, go to fast-nyc.com uh, to get tickets. And uh, special thanks to FPL Game Week, who, in addition to all the incredible partners who, you know, are helping to you know, put this event on, uh, FPL Game Week is an official sponsor of the event. Um, and anyone who's listened to the podcast for a long time knows that we are just huge fans of theirs. It's a great in-game place to check your mini league, see how much you're rising and falling. Like, I like to check basically every 18 seconds how mm-hmm. high or the low I'm falling. <laughs> so uh, it's, a, it's really excited to have them on board as, as a sponsor for the event. And do you want to talk a little bit more about the event itself, Brennan? Yeah, right. So when you get your ticket at fest-nyc.com, what are you actually getting? Well, you're getting access to the Sunset Park rooftop in Brooklyn where we're going to be watching all of Saturday's matches together. You're also going to be able to take part in a live conversation and Q&A with Mark Southerns, who, as far as we're concerned, Josh, is the godfather of FPL, also the inspiration for the always cheating podcast that's right he was doing the scout cast with granville back in the day years ago yep yeah so i'm i'm just excited to meet mark you can also meet me and josh and hang out with us chat fpl with all the other members of the fpl community they're going to come out gianni as you mentioned he's going to be doing a halftime quiz with special prizes for the winners we're going to do a kick around on those uh uh, soccer football pitches that you mentioned josh i can't wait to just unload all my skills all over your you have some skills i have none but i I want i want some photos you know it's a great photo (laughs) if you're the kind of person that wants to go somewhere and take a photo it's going to be a great place to do that so you're you're, we're going to watch the matches and of course you can't really do that uh with a group of people without having a bar so of course there's a cash bar what we have to do josh is make sure that we're uh in control because after the uh, the events, we're going to do a live recording, which will probably <laughs> turn to be a raucous yeah. live podcast recording. I so, so. yeah, <laughs> the next always cheating podcast that's going to appear on the feed after September 10th is going to be live from the Sunset Park rooftop in Brooklyn, which is going to be awesome. Every attendee that comes out for the fest is going to get an exclusive piece of merch uh, as an attendee. And also, we've got you if you're a Patreon supporter. We have a ten. We're going to have a ten percent discount code to uh, get your ticket for Fest in NYC. So again, check out the details at Fest hyphen Fest dash NYC dot com. Uh, go to that website as you mentioned, Josh. You can see pictures of the glorious venue uh, and learn in, uh, in in more detail about what you can expect. There's parking spots at the event, Josh. So if you're coming in from out of town, yeah, place for you to park. Also, I don't know if you've heard, but New York is just a great place to bring the family for vacation. And this That's is here an excuse to get away uh, for the morning and hang out with a ton of uh, FPL fanatics. As you say, <laughs> I, I think these tickets are going to go pretty fast. And it's not like this is, you know, Madison Square Garden. We can't fit 30,000 people in here. So there's some some limited availability. So as, as fast as you can, go to fest-nyc.com. Perfect. So we'll talk more about that later. But as a nod, Brandon, the people who live in New Zealand and Australia are listening to this right now who can't make it out. Maybe they can. We have some, you know, we've had some, you know, Bruce, we've had some, we've had some, some Patreon supporters uh, come out over the years. So yeah. uh, maybe they can make it maybe two months. Is, it's basically exactly two months from this recording is when that event's going to take place. Uh, once again, that's September 10th. 
So, Brandon, but as a nod to those people, uh, let's get right into the theme of this week's pod, which is 10 unanswered questions ahead of the new FPL season. I put out the call and um, it's kind of interesting, you know, as we put these together, I realized these these really are, there's some, I mean, there really are some questions that are kind of unique to this season that I think we can kind of get into. I mean, some of them are just almost like a response to last year because yeah. um, there were just some kind of, not even just putting the COVID stuff aside. There were just like some yeah. weird things. And I think the first question kind of gets at that. Uh, FPL Chef says, this is question number one, Brandon, of the, of the 10. It says, is going big up front a trap as it was last year, or can we trust forwards again? Yeah. So my feeling is that, I well, I don't know. I mean, I traditionally, I have been a forward-driven manager I, always know, three I, up front always always three up front uh always you know uh maybe you know Salah has changed things a little bit we used to always captain a forward you know it was like just very very forward focused um but what happened last year right so you have Gabriel Jesus lost his place uh Aguero left that's a big part of it too we lost one of the all-time great FPL uh, forwards. And so it's funny Aguero, how Jesus I mean, lost his place after Aguero left. <laughs> yeah, that that's a weird thing. I know, but you know, it's a, it's a pep thing. I, I'm putting yeah. that more on pep. Jesus just scored like two goals I in, in a friendly. Yeah. I couldn't be more yeah. excited about this guy. He's 8 million. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So he lost this place. Now he's at a new club. So maybe, maybe he's fresh. He, he already looks, you know, fresh and improved. So remember you know, when Oxley yeah. Chamberlain went from Arsenal to Liverpool and it was just like you could see sometimes you can see written on these players faces yeah. them being relieved of a toxic work environment and going to a place <laughs> where they they fit in much better. Yeah. I mean, and, it's a toxic thing. They, they keep winning titles. Well, you know? no, yeah, I mean, that, yeah. that's that's not not I'm not putting that on uh, right. Man, right. Man City, but that's more of an ox at Arsenal sort of a thing. Yeah. But I, I think Jesus and Arteta together are yeah. going to be irresistible. I think so, too. I think so, too. Uh, I think it's, you know, in, in just sort of part of a whole project of, of you know, with, with, with Vieira coming in as well, the the player Vieira, not the not the Crystal Palace manager. Wow, two managers. Uh, Incredible. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's going to help uh, Jesus uh, thrive as well. Uh, you have Jimenez, who uh, had a head injury that he was recovering from last year. He has con- typically been one of the more consistent strikers in fantasy. And so I think we may see a little bit of bounce back from him. They also have really nice fixtures to start the season. Mm-hmm. So um, I think that um, I'm sort of cautiously optimistic about him. Uh, you have Harry Kane, who's recovering from contract issues, Brandon, which which makes it sound like that <laughs> was that an injury. Like, or long COVID? <laughs> yeah, it effectively was. I mean, he basically played like a, with a – like it was like a Charlie Brown, like rain cloud over his head, you know, yeah. the first like eight weeks of, of last season. Yeah. I mean, and we came on the second half of the year, he was back to the, the cane of old. So if we get that cane, now this is always the question with Kane. He kind of notoriously slow starter outside of one year. I think it was like fall um, or no, was it? I think it was. Yeah, it was like fall 2020 because the season started in October. Because of the, because it was delayed, didn't have to deal yeah. with his August drought issues. Yeah, then, exactly. Did it? <laughs> yeah, so we'll see what happens with Kane. But he he's finally had a summer off, which he hasn't had yeah. uh, in in years and years. So I'm thinking that he might, um, you know, um, he might he might start this season a little bit stronger. And Conte, just like I, I, you know, I'm like I'm totally sold on the Conte project at Spurs. I mean, I love their signings this summer, and I think you could, you know. It's, it's night and day, the Spurs situation from Kane's point of view, where he's disappointed he didn't get his move to City at the start of last season. Yeah. You've got Nuno coming in as a uh, unproven manager at the at the top, top yeah. Champions yeah. League tier. Yeah. Kane is just kind of like, how leaky is this 
boat that uh, that that I'm contracted yep. to yep. be on. Yep. And now suddenly there is a manager of, of more greater repute. They are in the Champions League. Everything's sort of like yeah. turned out really well for Kane in yeah. the end. They brought in Kulisevsky, who's awesome. They, you know, yeah. they they brought in uh, uh, Richarlison, who is kind of. I don't know. Like, I, I, I'm fascinated by how that's going to work. Like, at the very least, he's an incredibly talented player. Well, Richarlison is perfect for Kane because here's a guy who uh, just will never outshine him. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's, yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to speak ill of Richarlison, but he's just not as good as Son or Kane. Maybe he yeah. will become. He's, as, he's played with Calvert Lewin, so you know he can play with the four. You know, it's not. It's yeah. not like a Ronaldo situation yeah. where he's got to be the the dude. I'm not trying to. T- I, I I just want to position it as like this is not that signing where suddenly Kane and Son are like. Hey, what's what's our future hold at this club? No, their future no. is quite stable. That's true. Although they might be thinking, "Where's the ball?" You know, once the <laughs> season starts, right? That could yeah, that okay. could be happening a little bit more. I mean, Kulisevsky is a, was pretty. I, I'm really interested to see how that all shakes out if they if they move uh, Kulisevsky to the right wing back spot, which yeah. is where they kind of rolled him out at the start of uh, in January when he joined with them. Um, I think that would kind of make sense to have Charleston on the right. We'll see. I mean, the idea that they spent like sixty million on him or whatever it was for him to be like a rotational backup option—I do not buy that. I think he's starting the majority of matches. Richarlison? Yeah, you know, you don't spend like that much money on Richarlison and then and then like bring him in as a super sub. Like, I don't think that's does Spurs have that kind of money? But they, even <laughs> even with the Champions League, I don't think they can do that. So I think he's I think he's playing a ton. A ton I I'm not sure. I think if you look at a signing like Jack Grealish to City for a hundred million, it. Money is is just so weird right now in the Premier League, and I don't think yeah. that it there is that direct correlation from pounds to playing time. Um, it's such an appealing move for Richarlison, regardless, because now he's on a Champions League club, yeah, ahead of the World Cup in Qatar. Yeah, it's it's moving his career in the right direction, whether he comes in for valuable minutes toward the end of a match or not. Yeah. All right. Well, you and I need some kind of like minutes bet on Richarlison. Yeah. Uh, I, 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 I need to like look at his average minutes uh, over the last couple of seasons. And I'm going to we're going to put some real money on this, Brandon. So yeah. other yeah. other forward issues that you, you're po- going to point out from last season, right? Liverpool right. and City, they they didn't add any explosive forward options. Uh, so last season. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. Last season coming in, of course, they have added perhaps the most explosive in Holland. So this has really changed the dynamic on forwards and fantasy. Uh, yeah. I, I, and I think that's what you have in mind. Yeah. I mean, and Darwin too. I mean, that's a, that's a, that's a massive sign. I mean, we, there's like su- such a great track record of players coming from the Portuguese Liga and really shining in the premier league. And, you know, I mean, this is the one thing that, that um, I mean, they, they did sort of have Jota last year, but you know, they just didn't have that. Like with, with, with Firmino, as much as I love him, uh, you know, like yeah. like properly on the decline now, like they really did need someone to sort of come in and, and come and do that forward spot. So, you know, it's a totally remade front line now, obviously. But but anyway, they didn't have a I mean, they did like just from like an actual like FPL perspective, they didn't have a forward that you yeah. could play last season. You know, Jota was classified as a midfielder last year. So I think that makes a big difference. Obviously, Holland, it's the sort of, you know, the North Star of fantasy so far this season. We'll, we're going to talk about more about ownership in a second. You had Ali Watkins. I got injured for much of the first half of the season. Then he got COVID. Um, you had uh, Callum Wilson is kind of the reverse. He was injured for much of the second half of the season. Mm. Um, you have, you have uh, Mitrovic who has kind of been like in a little bit of a 
you know, has never quite worked out in fantasy, but he did score like 79 goals last season <laughs> in the championship. So you have maybe even Dominic Solanke. I don't know. It feels like we, and whoever, you know, Forrest end up starting as a forward. I just feel like you have a lot of, you know, to me, it's, it's less about who's joining the league outside of Holland and Darwin, but it's more about kind of all of these players that have been very yeah. reliable fantasy assets over the years. And Jesus has honestly been pretty unreliable over the years, but finally finding a club where they're just going to play him all the time. They're going to run him ragged. I mean, he's going to play so many minutes, I think. So let me put it this way. Forwards, I agree with you, are back in a big way ahead of the season. But the the way the strategy in FPL has gone since the forwards went away was, well, we've discovered how valuable midfielders actually are. Right. Midfielders get their clean sheet points. Midfielders uh, get an extra point for every goal. Yeah. And we've got so many midfielders in a classified in the FPL game who are playing as effective strikers. Like, yeah. Mo Salah or uh, somebody like Raheem Sterling, who I think is going to come up later in the show. Yep. How are you squaring our love of midfielders strategically with the yeah. money that this idea of forwards being back is going to cost yeah. us? I am, you know, I, I don't really, I mean, to be honest, I'm, I'm trying not to get too caught up in like any kind of formation or, um, I, th- I think I really, I feel like people like, I, I've already seen some people like reference like the FPL template. And I, to me, I, I think it's really a mistake to, to even really be too focused on your own team, uh, this, this early on. I think, I think this, the, the month before the season starts, at least, especially the next two weeks. I mean, maybe as you get closer to the, to game week one, I think that changes a little bit, but right now I just want to learn more about who's coming, like who's new, you know, like a little bit about the preseason and how things have gone so far. Like we have questions like how are man city going to line up? Right. Like how do I, how can I build a, a team right now without, without knowing who's going to be the left wing for, for man city. Right. Like that's a major question, right? Is it going to be 8 million Phil Foden or 7 million Jack Grealish? Right. Yeah. And there's like some really big questions that still need to get um, resolved. And so, you know, I, I think what I might end up doing is I, just cause I'm so in love with Luis Diaz is 8 million at 8 million. Um, I think a four, three, three might be an option yeah. that I roll with. To start I the agree. Season. I think four, three, three is the formation 100% because so here it looks, if you're trying to bring in Kane or Holland up front, along with Mo plus another, you know, eight yeah. plus million midfielder. Yeah. I just don't see the viability or, or the necessity of playing that fourth midfielder who is yeah. kind of junk at five yeah. or uh, five million until maybe we see more of the options. Yeah. Often in that price bracket for midfielders around five, five point five, the netto price range, mm-hmm. we're we're not going to know spot. until we see it. Uh, yeah. Uh, so I I like the four three three just given the certainty of fullbacks we've seen in recent years. So you don't want to skimp uh, in your defense at all. And I feel like, yeah, like Holland, Kane, Jesus, and a number of these other uh, more mildly priced forwards, I feel like are going to be so much more uh, efficient uh, to start the season with. And let's just like be positive, right? Like I don't want to play a five at the back. I don't enjoy that. Like (laughs) I don't enjoy – the crushing annoyance that I feel eight minutes into a match when one of my defenders loses their clean sheet, right? Mm-hmm. I'm like a, you know, a slip at the midway line or whatever. Like any number of reasons, right? A corner kick where somebody doesn't mark the right guy. Uh, yeah. Like, How many city clean sheet wipeouts have we seen? Because yeah. they see all the ball. Their back line is pressed up basically all the way up, like 40 yards from the opposition's yep. goal. Yep. One wrong 
pass and then suddenly you know murphy and newcastle is through on edison and it's done you're done yeah exactly so like i i think it's fine to go four at the back or five at the back but it's it's just not my preferred style from like a like a make fantasy fun again perspective you know like i want three four the forwards score goals and they don't lose their clean sheet points like that's i'm into that you know i'm into i'm into those two things together so i'm gonna i'm gonna say that forwards are back just because i want to be positive and i also think for all the reasons we we listed above i think you have a lot of players who for like very clear reasons were not at their best last year that I think yeah. we could see a, a you know bounce back from. I, I think to reframe what you just said for FPL chef and his specific question, it's less that we can trust forwards again. It's that we think la- last wow. season was an outlier. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and that we never, stopped. yeah, we never lost our faith. <laughs> uh, Harbor boy says, is it really, I like that, that, that name, Brandon Harbor boy. Yeah, it reminds me. Yeah. It should be a character from the hit uh, Chris Elliott movie, Cabin Boy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. A big David Harbor fan, perhaps from Stranger <laughs> oh, maybe, Things. Maybe, yeah. Uh, he says, or she, uh, is it a uh, boy? So probably he uh, says, is it really that risky to not own a highly owned player in game week one? Now, Brandon, before you answer this question, <laughs> let me tell you where we're at right now with, okay. with some of the other right, okay? Hit me. So we've got goalkeepers, it's a nice spread. Right. Mendy is, has been the, the kind of, you know, de facto keeper, but he's only at 24.9%. So not, not insane. Right. Not, not super crazy. Yeah. Uh, defenders, not as like getting a little template over there. We got Trent at 56%. Way too high in my opinion. I think Rabo's going to, uh, yeah. I, I am, I am in camp Rabo. I am, I'm all about, I, I just think he's going to, they're, they're going to be roughly equal. And now that, I mean, now Scotland's not even going to the world cup. So I feel great about having, having Rabo for those matches. Uh, he's at, uh, Trent's at 56%. Kinsella's at 46%. Perisic is at 50, 45.7, but he was also the player that was in like everybody's like create your team template, you know? So I think that might be, we might, we might have some Perisic inflation happening right now, Brandon. So bear that in mind. <laughs> uh, and then Reese James at 43. So those are, those are pretty high. Let's get down to the, the midfielders here. And again, these are just where we are as of this recording with ownership percentages. You have Salah, nearing 60% ownership. We we've never this is like it started to happen a little bit last year. But we it is not common to go into the season with 60% ownership for anybody. It's you know, it's it's it feels very high to me. Um and I think that's why I think Salah should have been priced at like 16 million to start the <laughs> season. <laughs> it really make people sweat. Um <laughs> Then yeah, and then from there, honestly, I think if you're looking to be a little bit different, I think the midfield spots are where you can do it because um, the, the, you have almost half Salas percentage is Luis Diaz at 32, which isn't that high. His son's at 25. Neto, your boy, is at 22.6, uh, and then Bruno G from Newcastle is at 22 uh, percent. Yeah, I, I struggle with that pronunciation. Uh, and then with the forwards, you've got Holland at 64. Five percent, two thirds of all managers already have this dude. My eyes are watering here. Wow. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Jesus at fifty three percent. Greenwood at twenty seven percent. He's like you know filler filler price four point five. Yeah. Yeah. And then from there, I mean, Kane is might as well not be owned fifteen point nine (laughs) percent. And Darwin's under fifty percent. A nine million Liverpool forward, the team that's going to score the most or second most goals this season, and he's at under fifteen percent. So, Brendan, I tell you all this to give you a sense of where we are right now. And then yeah. let's go back to that question. Is it that risky to not own a highly owned player in game week one? Let me put this in a way we can all understand world war two metaphor. 
So last season, game week one, uh, the two big scorers after that game week were Bruno and Bruno Fernandez, not mm-hmm. Jeremy Harris, Bruno yeah. and Sala. So if you had, if you didn't have either of them, it was like you hit the beachhead at Omaha Beach and like all your guys are just getting like wiped out. Yeah. You know, if you've just got Bruno or just have Sala, maybe you're lucky enough to land at Utah Beach. <laughs> if you had both of them, mm-hmm. you're like, you're parachuting behind enemy lines and yeah. Yeah. and doing the whole band of brothers thing and just being like awesome hero stuff. Uh, so I think there was a, some chatter amongst FPL managers where even midway through the season, they're like, you know, I tried to bounce back, but I still feel like I lost so much ground not having these two highly owned guys going into game week one. I don't know. I don't think there's a, a ton of truth to that over the course of seasons. Like most managers who put time and effort into setting their team week in week out, you can dig yourself out of a hole. Like if mm-hmm. you, if you get set back by 30 points in game week one, because you didn't have Erling Holland who had tricks, yeah. you just have to set to the task of getting it done to work your way out of it. And you can do it because it's like, it's a long season, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. So there's a risk of putting yourself at an early disadvantage. It is not a risk that um, I think is is irrecoverable. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, and if anything, I, I I mean I'm not sure that you and I are actually uh, on the same page about this because I'm not I'm not sure that I um, I, I you know I think it'd be re- the Holland thing is the trickiest one. I think I think with Salah, the thing about Salah is that Salah, you know, at least in game week one plays a promoted team, you know, uh, and he's going to be like the most highly owned captain by far. And I plan to have him in my squad. And I, I think everyone should, honestly, like, you, you know, like there's just no, so like, I mean, so, you know, to go with your war metaphor, I mean, I, I'm with you, like you got to get to the beach, you got to you know? get on that beach. Yeah. <laughs> but, I, but I do think that sometimes, and this is the mistake that I think I was making last year that I, that I really want to get away from is there like a feeling that like, that like if I give every like it's like like I'm giving everyone else Holland and now they all have twelve players and I have eleven, you know, and it's like I it's like I it's like I forget that I get to have other players too. Like if I if yeah. I don't have him, I get to have other you know other players across the board. And especially if I already have the most captain player, I'm not super concerned about whether I have like the other players that are like that are yeah. highly owned. You know, it's. So I, I keep coming back to game week one of last season with Salah and Bruno. Yep. Another example that proves a different point would be the Leicester title winning season where some crafty managers had uh, Riyad Mahrez game week one. Mm-hmm. And he he started in form game week one and didn't stop. And that is an example of managers being rewarded for thinking outside of the box. I mean, yeah. Mares was not difficult to have that season because I think like, he started at like maybe five point five or six Something million. Like yeah, but it is it is very possible for uh, under the radar assets to be the ones that actually get you ahead of the game, that yeah. get you uh, a hold on the beach before yeah. other managers can get there yeah. because you were thinking differently. The issue that we will try to contend with over the next uh, you know three to four weeks is. Who are who are the players that are under the radar that will help, and who are yeah. the players who are firmly on the radar that we, you and I, feel like we want, really yeah. want, and need to have? I guess that's what it comes down to. Is I just want like like okay, 
let's say like it feels like in this last couple of podcasts, I've been like mounting a case against Erwin Holland. And I don't I don't mean to do that. It's and I, I, I think it is like getting in my head a little bit because I like. I just don't enjoy it when I feel like I've got the same players as everybody else. Just not fun for me, you know? And so, I mean, so it's like, I can, I can sort of take your point, but I also like, I just want any, so, but I also don't want to not bring in somebody because I think they're going to do well. It's just, I want it to feel like my decision, you know? And I don't want to be factoring in um, ownership when it comes to that. Right. And like, so, and I guess the Holland is an interesting example, especially in one of the reasons I wanted to, to show these percentages, because you can see Harry Kane, like, Every, like everyone wants the promoted or I mean, not the promoted, but the, 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 you know, the, the Bundesliga import, despite the, the, the many times the Bundesliga players have struggled, um, at, you know, when they, when they join a club over Harry Kane, who ended the season, you know, incredibly strongly for, for Spurs last year. And, you know, so I, I think it's like, I think that you can sort of fall into a trap being like, well, everyone's going to have Holland. So even though I think Kane might do a little bit better, um, I don't want to take the risk of not having Kane or, or yeah. you know, of not having Holland when, when I think he's going to do better. And it's like, it's like, again, it's like the point I was making before is like, you've got to remember, like you have Harry Kane and they don't, you know, because <laughs> yeah. like, you're not going to be able to have everybody. So, yeah. It's not yeah. like you're, you don't have Holland and in Holland's place, you've got Mitrovic. Exactly. No, in his yeah. place, you have, a likely golden boot winner in Harry Kane. So the the yeah. the risk the the risk is incredibly uh, mitigated there. Yeah. And you look at the midfielders. You know you know who nobody has because they all have Holland is eleven point five million. Nobody has Kevin De Bruyne. <laughs> like uh-huh. Kevin De Bruyne is not one of the most highly owned midfielders in the game, despite a very good chance that he ends up being the top point scorer next season. Right. So if you want to, so I think like when it comes to thinking about ownership, it's it is valuable to just think about. Um, the teams themselves, right? Like, you know, like, like Man City have a pretty strong start of the season. All of their players, like they're, they're the top players, I guess, like KDB. I, I do think that you could you could make a strong case for having, or I mean, I, I, I would make a strong case for having one of KDB or, um, or Holland. When you look at Man City's fixtures, I mean, they play, it's West Ham, Bournemouth, Newcastle, Palace, not Forest, Villa to start off. It's a, it's a really nice run. And so it's, it's just hard for me to be like, oh yeah, Man City play Bournemouth and and Forest at home in two of the first five, and it, that's just not that, that's just not important. You know, don't worry about that. Don't that's worry a about, classic you know, match in which City shut down and uh, only get a one nil victory. Yeah, no, it's a, yeah. It's a, probably a certain four four nil win for yeah. City there, right? But it's I guess I just feel like I want to at least like advance an argument for for KDB over over Holland or, you know, it's like it's like I, I just want people to to like and, and I, when I say people, I feel like this is I, this comes from my own feeling last year that I was I stopped making my own decisions at some point and I was letting high ownership dictate everything. And it just kind of was a bummer because I just felt like I was going into these game weeks with like the same players, everybody else, you know, and it was yeah. like, great. Like I had the same, you know, and so th- that's why this year I'm really going to try to get away from tracking effective ownership. You know, I just don't, I just don't want to follow up that closely. I don't, I don't enjoy it. And so, you know, at the very least, so if I decide that Holland is the player that I want and he's the guy that I like, I'm just really not going to try to find out how many people have him. Yeah. you know, I'm just yeah. like, you know, because there's, there's the ownership on the, on the site, which is hard to avoid because um, it's just right there, but there's the effective ownership, which is actually slightly more important, right? Because that's the, how highly he's owned by the people in your rank. You know, yeah. I think, I think the first, I don't know if it's the first game weeks or the first couple of game weeks, uh, they just take last year's top 10 K to calculate that. And so it's, uh, you know, so like that, that is where it really matters, right? Like, like who are the, like the managers who are taking the game the most seriously, 
you know, who do they have, you know, and, but I don't want to know this year. I just don't, I don't want to diplomats my thinking. I'm not, I, I'm not convinced it helped me. And I'm, I'm quite confident it did not make the game more fun for me last year. All right. So you kind of evoked this uncertainty about uh, Bundesliga imports with Holland. Yeah. The next unanswered question comes from Jerry L who asked, should we avoid all unproven assets at the start of this FPL season? Noting, of course, Erling Holland at 11.5, can he translate his his powerful goal scoring skills immediately? Yep. It's yep. like there's probably little doubt that he will make his mark <laughs> yeah. at the Etihad, but will it immediately take uh, take hold? Because that's what we're concerned about. Going yeah. going back to question number two is how much ground am I going to lose if yeah. I just wait to see how Holland bets in before I bring him in. I can always bring him in. Yeah. You've got Darwin Nunes at uh, Liverpool, who is coming from Benfica, 9 million pounds. Perisic, who's coming from Serie A, 5.5. He's also old. Is there any uh, <laughs> unproven? This is yeah. He's actually proven just by how much football and, he has And played. he played under Conte. I would say he's probably the most... His ownership, maybe maybe everyone is just like on the Perisic thing. He is, I mean, he's a natural fit for that left wing back spot. So he's going to play right away. Um, and I think he's going to play a fair amount too. I mean, he's, I don't know. I mean, like I, I remember feeling this way when um, Thiago Silva joined uh, mm-hmm. Chelsea. And I was like, well, you know, he's old and, you know, he's just not going to play them. You You're know, too and, old, fat man. Yeah, he was just like, he's not, not going to play. Uh, and of course he ended up becoming, you know, an incredibly important player. There. I mean, and a not... A, a not terrible fantasy asset. He was never like a great fantasy asset, but he kind of shined a little bit the second half of last season. I felt like had him. Yeah, course. right. Um, and I think you can lump in here with the the imports, the also rants like Mitrovic and Solanke at Bournemouth. Um, I I think price for the unproven assets is really important. I think that's where I'm. As, as somebody who's been trying to fit both Holland and Kane into my draft and basically hitting a brick wall every yeah. time I try to do it, yeah. at that point, I say, well, Holland and Kane are the same price. I'm going to go with the proven asset. Perisic, to me, is really appealing, like incredibly appealing at 5.0. At 5.5, suddenly he's into that uh realm of i've got proven fpl players around here that i could probably gravitate toward yeah. and and do yeah. all right darwin nunez at nine million i mean he's competing for jesus basically almost yeah. exclusively for a spot yeah in our teams yeah. given that price point and now i think you could say jesus is somewhere in limbo between proven and unproven. We've seen him play in the Premier League, but have we seen yeah. him actually totally hit an actual vein of form? I'm not I sure. No. Yeah, exactly. Like it's it's you're it's you're right. It's a totally different situation. Um it's it's almost like a it's almost like an import to the Premier League is how uh-huh. it feels a little bit with him. Um I I feel really I don't know why I feel quite so good about him. Um maybe it's just like everyone everyone knows that he's talented. He it feels like he can get a little in his head sometimes. Like he kind of like he's maybe thinking too much out there, you know, yeah. like it's like, he's not kind of in flow. Like Aguero was just the best at that. Right. That's why I'm so interested in Holland. It's like, what if you took Aguero and made him bigger, like, like eight inches taller? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, it seems like a pretty good fit for the, uh, for the Premier League. Yeah. I mean, but um, Aguero was yeah. one of his great talents was his low center of gravity. He could just like yeah. spin shoot. Uh, that's true. That's true. 
but it, but it, it's like almost like can you see their actual like brain turning off and their football turning on that's what a guerrero yeah. would do all the time you're like yeah you could always tell like five seconds before he even struck the ball oh guerrero's gonna score here i remember and this like, one yeah that's so true i remember this one goal that he scored i remember this very well because it was it was a hat trick you and i were coming back from that yale soccer yeah conference, i remember, remember. this uh-huh. and it was a hat trick where the the only way that he was gonna be able to score this particular goal was it was like a was, the ball was kicked and he was offside he needed the ball to touch a defender first and it was like he was basically just waiting to see if that would happen. And the second, it, the second it did, he snatched it off the defender and scored. You know, and it was like such a brilliant. But it's like, you know, like it, it wasn't like that was like a thing you could like talk to your coach about and run another and do it right. It's like this is like his instincts just completely yeah. took over. You know, right. and I, I think that Holland does have some of that ruthlessness. And I guess that's the question with Gabriel Jesus is does you know can he be totally ruthless mm-hmm. out there? And I'm not sure we know that yet. Um, you know, because it does feel like he he seems like he kind of struggles to turn his, I mean, I don't mean to like be totally on the psychologist chair about him here, but it, yeah. just, you know, from what we've seen in the pitch, I feel like I've seen that happen to him before. We can get a little frustrated with himself too. Yeah. I, so we we're podcasting the evening of Sunday, July 10th. We have seen the Jesus brace that he scored in that five nil, uh, preseason victory for Arsenal. So yeah. now tied with own goal, Brandon tied with own goal for two goals a piece in that match. Okay. So like, how do I get OG into my team? That's what I want to know. <laughs> Uh, but like excitement is now rising for Jesus Holland. I feel like if he, if he does the same thing for city, how, what is Holland going to have to do to uh, take Kane off the table to replace Kane in your game week one draft? Well, it helps that they play the two promoted teams in the first five matches. I mean, like it, it, that does help. I mean, so, so, uh, I don't want to do like too much fixture talk here. I just think it's hard when people are listening to the podcast to like process that, you know, like it's just like, yeah. but like, I think, you know, Bournemouth palace, I mean, and the palace, of course, not a promoted team, but you know, Bournemouth and, uh, forest, um, and then palace being the other home match, um, in the first five, those are just great, great home matches. I mean, I guess palace, like weirdly have this like thing where they just like can't stop beating man city at the Etihad. Like, I don't know why, like, about, mm-hmm. you know, but without a Townsend, I don't know if they can still do it. So, um, you know, it's a, uh, he, like, I feel like he scored a screamer in like every, every match they play. Yeah. So it's, it's just a really nice run. And of course, I mean, Spurs run isn't that much worse, really. I mean, they play, it's, they have Southampton wolves and Fulham at home and, um, and three of their first six and they have uh forest away, uh, in game week four, a um, little bit trickier, Chelsea away, West Ham away. Those could be tougher matches, but those are both London derbies, and Kane loves a London derby, does he not? That he does. He truly yeah. does. So, yeah, I just, I think maybe we... Maybe neither. I, I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, want, I just want more preseason lineups, uh, a little bit more. Like, if... I'd be, I'd be looking for, for a guy like Holland. I thought, uh, like on our Patreon pod last Thursday, Eric Freeman, uh, thank you, Eric, coming on as a guest, was talking about uh, Holland's injury record. And I can see, like, I'm curious to see how many times the word niggle is used in yeah. describing Holland's preseason. Knocks, if, knocks and niggles. Yep. If, yep. if there's nothing like that, then, uh, you know, I, it, even more in favor of Holland. But if yeah. that's happening, you're like, okay, could be a slow, v- hyper-managed start for somebody like Holland. So I just feel like let's watch this space for more yeah. information about these unproven assets and see how they, they get on with the squads leading up to game week one. That is true. I mean, they literally, I think they just had the press conference for Holland. I mean, that that's how 
fresh he is. I mean, I think yeah. he has been training with the squad a little bit, but it's not like we're, you know, they haven't done any friendlies. Yet. I'm, I'm a little sad that none of the friendlies are being played in the New York area, Brandon. Is that hard to, to secure space here? Let's build another stadium, <laughs> yeah, Brandon, just for Sure, yeah. It's not like matches. our professional uh, MLS team is playing in a baseball stadium or anything <laughs> like that. What's going on? Exactly. One player I want to add to the watch list, Brandon, is Julian Alvarez. He's a 22-year-old player signed with Man City from River Plate. I haven't really heard anybody talk about him too much. I mean, I, I mean, I think like he is not in the fantasy game, I guess. He's been talked about, you know, fair amount and and um sort of straight journalist of coverage. But, you know, he's um likely to play right wing. I think he'll end up alternating probably with Mares. We'll see what's happening with Bernardo Silva. Once again, as is true, like every summer, Bernardo Silva is like being you know, discussed with a, with a move to Spain. So we'll see if it you know actually happens this year, maybe less likely now, apparently Rafinha to, to Barcelona is like almost official, mm-hmm. um, which is kind of heartbreaking as somebody who loves to watch. I mean, losing Mane and Rafinha in the same summer is tough. <laughs> if you just enjoy watching yeah. brilliant, you know, attacking wingers. Sure. Um, but anyway, Julian Alvarez, a 22 year old man city signing came, comes from river plate. So, um, you know, I think in, in terms of unproven, Clearly, a young player from River Plate is not a player that I'm, I was. I would suggest everybody just rush to add to their squad. But I think there's a good chance he could carve out a spot on the right wing. I think that it's it's a space that's that's open. I mean, we all know that Pep doesn't really trust Mares um, that far. We, as, as as we've all, any fantasy manager knows the heartbreak of trusting Mares. Uh, but he had 18 goals and six assists in 26 matches last season. Mostly, end up as a forward, so he could end up playing a little bit on the right wing, and then maybe. You know, um, if Holland gets subbed off late or he even comes on for Holland late, um, I think that we will probably see um, Alvarez play right wing and a little bit of forward. So uh, just just one player I want to put on the watch list. And Brandon, on that note, let's take a quick break. We'll come back and we'll answer our final seven questions. Hey, listeners, Brandon here. Our next partner, Athletic Greens, has a product that I use literally every day. I started taking AG1 because during the last two years, my routine went so out of whack that skipping breakfast honestly became a bad habit. And now I've been on AG1 for about three months, and I love it. I really do. It's easy, it's fast, and I'm feeling energized each morning. And with one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. The special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, aging, sleep habits, all of the things. And a few other things that you're going to love about AG1, it contains less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no nasty chemicals or artificial anything while still tasting good. It's got this little citrus bite to it, which I really enjoy. And it costs you less than $3 a day. You're investing in your health and it's cheaper than your cold brew habit. And for every purchase, Athletic Greens donates to organizations helping to get nutritious food to kids in need, including No Kid Hungry here in the U.S. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. And to make things easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you, an always cheating listener, a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash always cheating. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash always cheating to take ownership of your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate 
isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. All right, Brian, we're back. Question number four comes from James P. And he says, what mid-tier team are we all going to jump on at the start of the season? Mm-hmm. Well, Wolves seem to be the uh, the mid-tier team du jour at the moment. And I think it's all down to the fixtures, right? They open with Leeds in game week one, followed by Fulham at home, Spurs in game week three, then Newcastle, Bournemouth, and Southampton. So, yeah. It's a pretty good start for a team that has lots of FPL options in the right. you know five to six million range, which we're, we're all going to need at least yeah. one or two players. You can't like that. you can't have all surf and turf across your uh, <laughs> across your fantasy team. You're going to need some. You're going to need to throw in some nettos, Brent. I don't like it any more than you do. Okay, yeah. but that's going to have to happen. I'll say I am also really interested in Brighton. Uh, they do. They are away at Old Trafford in game week one and. It's going to be interesting to see how Manchester United begin the season under new management and a couple new signings. But then they have Newcastle at home in game week two, followed by West Ham, Leeds, Fulham and Leicester. It's not like, wow, what a slate of fixtures. But I think Brighton have been able to sort of successfully become a team that is hard to beat uh, no matter who you are but uh, still aren't successful enough to have their FPL options like up priced to where we can't afford them. So, I mean, and I'm looking at, at guys like Lewis Dunk who are 4.5 million. And I, I was dunked down to 4.5. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. So I, I think they're very affordable for what you're getting from the fixture list for Brighton. 
Yeah. I, and I, wouldn't it be great if one year Brighton had a player who could score like consistently? That would be, um, from a fantasy perspective, that would be so useful. You know, like they're, they're, they're always so cheap. And every year they bring in like yeah. eight new guys from like Belgium and like they it never it never works for some. Yeah, reason, it's you know? like they're they're They are trying to play a version of FPL where they have, you know, all cheap strikers. And they're like, <laughs> man, I keep getting killed by my mini league because I don't have. Uh, yeah. uh, anyway, um, Tariq Lamptey, four point five as well. Uh, now, this guy could be healthy. That is uh, insane value for one of the fastest right backs in the league. I just can't believe he'll stay healthy. Like I think he's, <laughs> I, he's I, down I, the I camp. doubt it too. Yeah. It's just like these little guys, you know, I uh-huh. hate, I hate it because I'm not, I'm not very tall myself, but like these like little, the Lamptey types and the, um, potence, you know, like it's, it's just not, it doesn't work, you know, like they yeah. just, it's like, it's just really, you know, the David Silva's are, are feel like a rare breed, you know, like a, there's certain, there's a certain kind of little guy that can, I guess most solid, but he's like, that guy's like the most ripped dude in the, in, yeah. Know, in the Premier League. Yeah. I mean, Mape you've got at 6.5 as a number nine. That's just really yeah. not going to work up Too front. Much. He, he always yeah. goes through spurts. Yeah. Um, Cucurella, I think he became a, right. a very heavily favored, fullback toward the end of last season um i loved watching him play finally got his yeah. goal i think in like game like 37 or something but uh he's up priced to 5.0 but i still think and this is a guy who's now rumored to go to like bigger clubs he's he's yeah. clearly surging as a player yeah. and yeah that which is would actually be great because if, if he joined some club and started mm-hmm. regularly at five million but i also heard that brighton might be trying to renegotiate his kind who knows, you know, but yeah, it's unfortunate. Like some of the price inflation on these Brighton players, like uh Trosser is 6.5 million. That's like what, like at least 0.5 million too high. If that, you know, I, yeah. you know, last week's pod, Brandon, I talked about the expensive <laughs> leads forwards yeah. uh, or the leads midfielders. And then so, somebody took issue with my Jack Harrison is too expensive at 6 million uh, argument, but Hey, I don't listen, know what to say. You know, I'm glad that there are Jack Harrison fans out there. That that's true. I would I'd rather live in that world than <laughs> yeah, the other one. That's true. Maybe Mac Allister. Maybe he becomes our guy, Brandon. <laughs> Who knows? Um, all right. Well, yeah, I, I think that Brighton are fun. I mean, you know, part of the problem with some of these, uh, I mean, Wolves, I just I, you know, it's a nice run, it's really nice run of fixtures to start. I'm still not totally convinced they can score enough goals for me yeah. to you know, consider them for my, my midfield and how about, forward spots. How about Aston Villa, Josh, uh, opening their season with Bournemouth followed by Everton and Crystal Palace. Now this yeah. is a team who has actual attacking talent. I am done trusting Coutinho. He's on the Josh, he's on the Josh Lennon blacklist, never okay. to return. I, I can't imagine literally ever having him in my fantasy team again. I think that's how blacklisted he is. Um, I am an Ollie Watkins fan, as are you. We're mm-hmm. both on the Watkins so. train. Um, he is, his price is okay, right? He's, I think he's, he's 7.5 million and just double check that. So he's, yeah, he's 7.5 million. I think that he probably should be seven, honestly. Mm-hmm. I mean, he dipped year over year. He only scored 11 goals last season, three assists. I, he dropped from nine assists to three, which feels like uh, quite a big drop. And I don't know if, I, I don't know if that, you know, because of, Ings, if that had an impact or something like that, I'm not, I'm not quite sure why that why the number dipped that much, other than just statistical, you know, um, randomness. But which which probably is well, most likely the case. We only have two years of Premier League data to look at. But you know, I, I I like I like Watkins a lot. I think he can kind of do it all. I mean, he's he's a little bit like Ivan Tony, where I feel like um, Watkins can he can score, he can set other people up. He's not he's not 
overly selfish. I mean, sometimes with forwards, you actually do want them to be a little more selfish from a fantasy mm-hmm. perspective. But um, so, you know, I, I like him. I think at 7.5, I'm not quite, I, I'm not like convinced I want to spend that much on him. You sure, know? it's too Especially, expensive. Yeah, because you can get Jesus for 0.5 million more, right? Which is mm-hmm. just way, way more tempting. Um, I think Brentford, I mean, I, I could at least see a, a world where I have in Bomo just because at 6 million, he might be mm-hmm. like the best cheap forward that i would that i would consider wasn't the deal with brentford is that their form kind of turned from i don't think they're gonna win another match this season to hey they're not bad again when christian erickson showed up yes but i still believe i believe in the project all right (laughs) analytics fc brandon Uh you know i i I still i still believe in the project and i I think thomas frank is an excellent manager too and i had just i just saw today that there is still a possibility that erickson still signs with uh still you know that he stays with brentford i thought the erickson thing was done and dusted. wow we didn't get like a full-on uh fabrizio here we go on erickson to manchester united we never got a kit reveal so <laughs> okay, we're here in medical, you know, but, um, you know, we'll see, we'll see what happens. I don't believe it just like, just, you know, I don't believe it until I see the kit reveal, Brandon. Exactly. Like, sure. like that's what, with Jesus, when I saw him standing on top of the stadium, like he was about to like, he looked like he was on a diving board. You yeah. Know, you want to see yeah. an unphotoshoppable kit reveal. <laughs> Yeah. I saw yeah, because- Chelsea with uh, Raheem Sterling. I was like, that, that, that guy is not present in that kit. I, I saw that fact. too. Was that like the ESPN <laughs> account or something like that did that? And I, it really threw me off. Uh, although he apparently is getting a medical today. Uh, yeah. So I feel like, um, um, I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't know. But I mean, Erickson probably most likely is going to Man United. That, that, that situation is not great. I read an article in the athletic today about Man United and I'm sort of, like, how is it this messy this offseason? I'm not quite <laughs> – I can't do it again, Brennan. People, yeah. people get so mad when I talk about Man United. But I, I – you would want them to be a little further along yeah. this offseason, right? They Like, they didn't know that the Ronaldo thing was going to be a problem, that he was going to want to play in the Champions League. Like, how is this not, you know – but I, who's going to buy him? That's the problem, right? Who wants Ronaldo? It's like uh, – you know, it's a t- it's a tricky spot. Yeah, he's he's going to have to be down price. I agree. The last team I would mention here, uh, I was I was looking at their fixtures and kind of stroking my chin, and uh, it's Chelsea, Villa, Forest, Brentford, and Leeds. It's like hmm, not bad, and then it's like oh, it's Everton. Right? Who is managing Everton again? Uh, it's Frank Lampard. So I kind of lost I lost steam with my Everton enthusiasm. Uh, from a fantasy point of view, I'll underscore um, just based on I, not being comfortable with what the long run Lampard effect is going to be oh. on this team. And never Charleston, too. I mean, he was, you know, yeah, he did a yeah. lot for them. Yeah. Um, how about Leeds? I mean, Leeds, they're probably due for a little bit of bounce back. Last year couldn't have gone worse. They've got Mr. Mr. You know Ted Lasso himself, Jesse Marsh in there. He's he's bringing every American he can find. Right, Tyler Adams is now joining. You have Brendan Aronson. Yeah, these are not uh, good signs, Josh. Like to re to the old leads coming back uh, in in this form form doesn't feel no. quite right for your glory. You're holding on to the past, man. The, the, the Bielsa days are over long live <laughs> Marchiopolis. Okay. I'm, I'm all about it. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. I, I don't know why. I mean, I, I think it's just, I mean, to me it's fixtures just trump everything, you know, especially with these cheap clubs and they do have a nice run, right? Wolves, Southampton, Chelsea, not so great. 
than Brighton, Everton, Brentford. I don't know. I mean, it's not like I'm yeah. saying bring in three Leeds players, but it's not it's not a terrible start to the season. Sure, I think that's fair. I think that's fair to say. That's a you don't want to go overboard when you're talking about ooh these these mid table teams are flying under the radar. Actually, what we just need from a lot of these teams are one player. That's all yeah. we need. Yeah, exactly. I do think that. Um, you know, that one player might be Neto, and I, I hate I hate that. But maybe it's maybe it's Raul Jimenez. He's only seven million this year. That's that's cheap. That's cheap for a really you know, for a great forward. I think that he could I don't know, he could do something. Sure. Yeah, I think he's definitely gonna have to be favored over the likes of Mitrovic and Tony and and, yeah. and Watkins at the moment. Yeah, cheaper than Watkins by point five million. Uh, all right, Brennan, speaking of price points, what are we going to do with the awkward price point guys, Brennan? Okay. I put them into two categories. We've got the tough, tough campaigns, yeah. tough, tough 21, 22 campaign guys, which is Sterling and Bruno at 10 million. And then we've got the last year's stars guys, which are uh-huh. Bowen at 8.5, Sun at 12, and poor Diogo Jota, who is, he might as well be like, dead like yeah, it's crazy gone. i haven't Kill heard anybody shot. talked about him and it's it's a tough spot for somebody who scored but was it like 20 goals in the he like scored an incredible number of goals last season for, for liverpool yeah i think the sterling one is easy to put him in the wait and see camp uh there's yeah. when when it seemed for certain that sterling was leaving all these stats started to come out about players under pep guardiola combined goals and assists Mm-hmm. And Sterling has the most combined goals and assists of any other player at Manchester City under Pep yeah. Guardiola, more yeah. than Aguero. I, and I think, like in Pep's entire managerial career, the only player to outscore him in combined goals and assists is Messi. It's kind of staggering to look back and be like, how do we remember Sterling's legacy at Man City? Well, he did a lot, but he was still never. The guy and 10 million just feels like such a rough price for a guy who you've never kind of like formed. Like the only time we had a real fantasy relationship with Sterling was either one random week where you decided to captain him for city and it worked. Yeah. Uh, The best relationship we ever had for it with him was when he was like 5 million or however cheap he was at (laughs) Liverpool. That was fantastic. It's just like, it's, it's possible you could have a front line at Chelsea of like, the ultimate trio of guys who can't finish, right? <laughs> yeah. Like you could have Werner, uh, Havertz, and Sterling up front. Like three guys who are super talented, excellent football players, can 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 get you an assist, can occasionally get you a goal. But all three of them like hammering away at the woodwork <laughs> and you know missing <laughs> missing you know empty nets. Like it's gonna drive Chelsea managers. Well, Chelsea, I was gonna say fantasy managers and Chelsea yeah. fans. It's gonna drive them both crazy. I think. Yeah, Chelsea is bizarre with the new American ownership. By all accounts, like they kind of either the American ownership came in and was like, wow, this is a mess. What did we buy into? Or they came in and they just really didn't know what owning a club, how much work it was going to be. Has Sterling been brought in as some sort of a marketing chit uh, as an English player? Yeah. Big name. I don't know. I don't yeah. have the greatest amount of confidence that Chelsea are in the best place for our, where you can guarantee yeah. results. Um, but I don't know. What, what, where are you? Where are you at? Just like generally with Chelsea going into the season. Well, I, it's an interesting question. I mean, I run of fixtures are pretty yeah. good to start. 
And there was a, there was a question that um, just didn't fit because I, I wanted to keep us to ten on this pod, but you know, there's a a, a really good chance, increasingly likely, um, that uh, Chelsea do play uh, like more of a four four two this season, mm-hmm. right? So they they are at the very least a four at the back. I don't know what you know what it might look like after that. It would probably switch a little bit, but more of a four at the back instead of the three center backs they have played with in, in recent years. I mean, partially I think because they haven't been able to sign. I mean, the fact that like n- like that like they're pushing for Ake like. That's that's not a great sign right there, you know. So <laughs> why not? it's like why not? Yeah, I mean, why not? Like he's he's nothing but quality for, for Man City, right? Uh, he anchored Bournemouth Bournemouth's worst, like the worst defense like I've ever seen in the Premier League. Um so not not entirely his fault. I don't hate Ake, but like it, it, it like that's not a he's not and he's not Rudiger, let's say that much, you know. Yeah. So um yeah, so I, I'm not feeling they have a great run to start. I mean, I don't want really any of their attacking players. Mason Mount is not a crazy price at eight million. I don't feel terrible about him at eight million. Mm-hmm. I, I would put him in the nice, like you wouldn't think that. I mean, you know, Bowen, uh, the like one of the guys I listed here, his problem is he's not eight million, and like every other player is eight million, and like yeah. you wouldn't think that that point five is going to make a huge difference, but it really does, especially yeah. early on, right? That's the difference between having, you know, Mendy as your keeper and Gaita or something like yeah. that, right? Son at 12 million. Uh, I think this is an interesting discussion, yeah. uh, particularly because we are clearly so big on Kane right now. Yeah. And we're such Kaniacs right now. We are Kaniacs. Yeah. But I, so let's, let's, t- let's get back in the time travel pod and go back to last season. And the two golden boot winners were Son and Sala, both with 23 goals. Season long. XG for Sun was 17, effectively. So he was expected to score 17 goals last year based on all his stats, and he scored 23. What does that okay. tell you, Josh? He outperformed, wildly outperformed his XG yeah. across the season. Right, right. Mo Salah, his XG was 24.4, and he scores 23. He's slightly under his XG for the season. So Salah's basically he, he basically he, that Lester Penn miss. Yeah. Yeah. He should have he should have scored at least one more goal. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And Sun is probably not going to perform at that same level this season. So awkward price point guy, Hung Min Sun, I feel like he's uh he's on the cutting room floor as I look at game week one drafts. Yeah. I mean, you could sort of look at the new signings and if you want, you could look at it in one way, like oh, Perisic and, and Richarlison, those guys are going to open up even more space for Son. But I mean, he, he couldn't have much more space than he seems to find in these matches, right? Like, I, you know, I think that if anything, it's just going to, they're going to spread. He might get more assists this year, right? I mean, I, I think 23 is just an unsustainably high return number for him. Mm-hmm. Um, and at 12 million, that's what you kind of yeah. need, right? You need like, you basically need like a goal in like two out of every three matches to, to justify yeah. which, which and, Salah, like even he, even he struggles with that sometimes. And cause we're talking about getting Kane instead of son should be noted. Kane's performance last season was 17 goals on an XG of 2.7. I'm sorry. 20 points. That'd be <laughs> yeah. incredible. If you had 17 goals on a 2.7 XG, yeah, that'd be uh, uh, no, yeah. 20.7 was his so expected well, well goal. So then. he's slightly, yeah. slightly under. So we would expect him to do, a bit better, uh, especially as for all the points that we made earlier in the show. What about Bruno? I mean, only 10 million. I just talked about things being kind of a mess at, at Man United, but if, if Ronaldo does leave, it really does seem to set up well for Bruno. I mean, 
they don't really have a forward, right? So, yeah. you know, yeah. again, assuming Ronaldo leaves. So, like, it kind of, like, they're going to need him to score an, an insane number of goals, I would think. <laughs> like, they have to be super involved in everything. He does seem like the most appealing guy. Basically, on this list, it's Bowen at 8.5 and Bruno at 10, where I'm like, let's yeah. think about this. Let's yeah. try to work a draft around this. Because I agree, Bruno... Uh, before last season, before Ronaldo arrived, Bruno was uh, a must-have. Like he was, he was Sala levels of FPL points efficiency. Yeah. So um, I agree. And ten million could, for for form that we've seen Bruno hit, ten million is could represent real value for him. We've been talking about, um, you know, these premium assets. I mean, he's like ten million is like right in that like. It is premium, right? Because it's it's a double digit price. I mean, like I don't know that like we have like you know there's an established dictionary that tells you what a premium player is. But I feel like once you're in, once not you're in, once you're in, and not until we get it printed, Ren. <laughs> it's at the printer now. Uh, but I feel like once you get to ten million, you are creeping into pretty a pretty high range. But I think um, he's almost affordable. I guess, I guess I would say um, they don't have a they have an okay start. It's it's you know I mean Brighton and Brentford to kick things off, then Liverpool. But like, if Bruno gets to be the guy again, it doesn't really matter who they're playing, right? Like he's he's kind of fixture proof when it comes to you know. So it just it, it, he just it, he just doesn't work fantasy wise when you've got Ronaldo. Um, so if Ronaldo does leave, which sounds like he's not even like he's like training with the Portuguese team right now, so it sounds like that's like definitely he's going to happen. Yeah. yeah, and then poor poor Jota just uh, you know it, it, I just think he's going to rotate too much with uh, yeah. with Diaz and um, Darwin. All right, uh, let's move on to the next question then, Josh. Uh, number six, with Sterling and Jesus gone, how will Man City line up front? Everyone's, everyone wants to know, uh, largely, uh, is Grealish going to start as regularly yeah. as he did at the start of last season? That's my main question because you look at all, all these guys who we would want to put in our lineups, Grealish is the cheapest, yeah. and Grealish is probably... Like the his particular game would probably benefit from having a more traditional number nine than what he was working with at City last season. But I don't know what what are your thoughts on City's uh, how they're going to change up their shape and who's going to uh, yeah. be favored by Pep. Well, the reality is, as as any experienced fantasy manager knows, like it's um, it's it changes so much with City at all times, right? I mean, the one constant will be KDB, and then I, I mean, I, I don't know about you. My feeling is that Erling Holland is going to be playing quite a lot. Like yeah. I imagine, you know, e- even though Pep doesn't always play with a forward, I think that Holland's going to be getting a lot of starts and a lot of minutes. I think the questions, as you as you just said, were, were are the left wing and the right wing, and uh, on the left. It's a it's a two man competition. I think you have uh, you have Grealish and Foden. Those are the two players that that are going to be competing there. I mean, we did. You know, they, I mean, they just lost Sterling, right? Sterling was got tons of minutes, and he would typically play, you know, on the on the left wing. And so I think that um, you know more times than not, at least. And so I think that that does open up a lot of room for for Grealish and Foden. I am inclined to think that Foden is the one who's going to claim that spot ultimately just because I think he's, uh, you know, I, I don't know, like a better attacker. I mean, it's almost like Grealish makes more sense in, in like, if you could put him into like a deeper role, you know, it's yeah. like, you know, if you can kind of 
Like if he he, he like gun to one. He's a ball could, progressor. He's yeah, really good at carrying yeah. the ball and resetting the yep. attack. If if he wants to draw a foul, he can. Yeah, yeah. So and I Foden think, is much more adept in tighter spaces. Yeah. So it, so in some ways, it kind of depends on who they're playing, right? You know, I guess that that's part of it too. Um, I think that um, so like Foden, like maybe. Which, which I think the way you just framed that, that would make Foden seem a little more appealing to me, right? Because they're mm-hmm. when they're playing some of these promoted teams at home, for example, like he's not, they're not going to have a lot. It's going to be very clogged up there, yeah. right? You know, sure. and so it might, it might help him a little bit more. And, you know, one thing that we've talked about with, with Holland is, you know, how is Holland going to adjust to not having nearly the space that he had in the Bundesliga? And so maybe... So yeah, if you just cannot find a way to fit Holland in your team, maybe Phil Foden becomes that player that you bring in to to take that spot. Grealish should be appealing because he's so cheap, you know. Um, yeah. But I think it's 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 almost like a like a it, he's scarily cheap, you know. It's like uh, it makes <laughs> well, me yeah, worried. It's like yeah. why is it so quiet? It's too quiet. Yeah, sort of ex- a situation. yeah exactly. Uh, and then on the on the right side, you've got uh, Alvarez, who I talked about earlier. I, I can't imagine he's getting a lot of minutes early on. Uh, Riyad Mahrez and Bernardo. And I suppose if Bernardo leaves, then Mahrez has to be considered an option uh, for your fantasy team. I mean, I, you know, it's, it's, a, it's just like, it's just been, it's just hard. Cause like we've all been hurt by him uh, so many times. <laughs> well, we've all been hurt by all these players because y- you, you can talk about competition leaving, uh, but that doesn't change Pep's management style. And he favors, rotation yeah. for yeah. all the competitions that the squad plays yeah. in he's got the squad yeah. deep enough to do it i don't yep. see why he's going to change so i don't see how that suddenly if Mares has less competition on the right suddenly that means he's going to play 90 every match it's just not going to happen yeah yeah i mean um yeah i i guess I, I guess i'm with you there i mean i just i, I, that, I, I mean that's unfair for me to say less, well, but yeah yeah it means you still have to understand the risk that you take on. Now, of course, like you get Mares in the right stretch and you get a lot of points. And I think yeah. that's great. And that's a savvy way to manage your FPL team. But still, it's like, I don't see risk going away from any of these players is my point. No, I, I don't either. I mean, um, Katie B and Holland, those are the two you yeah. probably trust. So. And Ederson. And, and Ederson, that's true. Um, and, uh, yeah, exactly. I mean, the, the Gundo, the Gundo moment was great while it lasted. Um, sure but, uh, that's, that, that's over now, sadly. Um, all right. And we'll, we'll know more over the next couple of weeks too, but I, it's, it's, a, it's a, you know, unanswered, we don't necessarily have to answer every one of these unanswered questions, you know, like it, to me, this just is a big question. Like how mm-hmm. are, how are they going to line up? So hopefully we learn more, uh, in the preseason. Um, Sean says, uh, let's do one more question. Right? We'll take one, one last break. Sean says, uh, what's the right number of premiums currently? I am on two. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we, we kind of tried to establish what we mean by premium with the Bruno Fernandez discussion. And yep. 10 million, you're on the bubble there. I think what we're yep. really talking about is if you're looking at Kane, Holland, De Bruyne, Son, Sala, uh, do we lump defenders into this question? Probably not. If if yeah. you're only on two premiums, I don't think you're talking about defenders because I would say Trent is a premium player at 7.5. Cancelo is premium at yeah. 7.0. But I don't think those guys wildly change the shape of your fantasy team. So I guess I'll limit my view to uh, midfielders and forwards and how many premiums can you carry. I've been yeah. trying to figure it out with three. Like I said, Holland, Kane, and Salah, and it's very tough. So um, yeah. I'm feeling like two 
feels sensible so that you can get better quality options across your front line and yeah uh and and a one or two more in the middle because yeah i mean how is holland kane Salah, and then it's like yeah and then i want trent and Kinsella as well yeah. you know and then it's like oh and like many so cheap i should bring him in at five million too and suddenly you've got 18 million to spend on you know four slots and so it's like basically every single player is a player you would never want to come in you know yeah i've seen a few drafts where uh it's like look i made it work and i have like literally never heard of any of the people who are on their bench <laughs> yeah, exactly <laughs> we're starting to get you know nico williams uh coming in at like you know it looks like that that's gonna that's gonna get across the line that now uh, Williams to forest and he's a 4 million player. I think they're, they're spent like 18 million on him or something like that. It's quite a lot of money. So I think he's probably going to start um, right off the bat. And so he's, he's kind of intriguing. And then there was a, um, I saw that Brentford made um, a defender signing too, that I'm sort of, that I'm sort of interested in. Um, I'm, I'm forgetting his name right now and I want, I don't want to go hunt it down, but I think there's a couple of, um, there are a couple of cheapies that are coming through that I think might, make things a little bit easier for us. Um, and then uh, did that Pereira move to Fulham? Has that actually gone across the line yet, Brandon? I don't know if you've uh, yes, it's, that. I'm, yes, I'm quite sure it's, it's happening. Like, yeah, I don't think it, yeah. I don't know if it's final final, but it's like definitely happening. I mean, uh, Kevin Mbabu, I don't, I'm not mm-hmm. sure, exactly sure on his pronunciation. You, you said it perfectly. <laughs> he's a right back and he's just signed for Fulham from Wolfsburg. Uh, but, uh, I don't know if the, how if this guy is an improvement on Nico Williams. Yeah. It just seems like Fulham just blew it there. To we'll be do, honest we'll, with you, we'll do more promoted team talk yeah. um, in the next couple of weeks, and hopefully we can we'll figure out how to pronounce his name and and, and more. You know, um, I think uh, one last thing I'll say is uh, I think a little bit more about teams than price points. Um, I think you're really going to be in trouble if you don't have a Man City player uh, or two. Uh, early on, maybe one defender and one 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 attacking player, uh, just because the fixtures are so good. It's not even about ownership; it's literally just about having players from the teams that are the best that are going to score the most goals, right? Yeah. Like it's that it's that simple, and also have the best defenses, right? Like there's just like you know you can't have them all, but I would just you know if you're putting this stuff together and you're like you know what I can just get all this incredible balance if I just have you know, no Salah and no KDB and no, and no Holland, you know? And it's like, I look at this incredible balance across my <laughs> squad, but then it's like, you don't have any like player that you ever want to captain, you know, yeah, it's like right. you, you get trapped a little bit. Yeah. That's like having a team full of those awkwardly priced guys from yeah. Bowen to, to Jota. Yeah. You're like, wow. Everyone here is good. Yeah. No one's quite good enough to r- raise you up the ranks. Right. I want to make a best 11 now of awkward price point guys. Like I want like Allison at 5.5 million as my keeper, you know, uh-huh. just like a lot of weird. Uh-huh. Uh, all right. Well, let's take one last break. And then we've got three last questions to get to. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, Brandon, the final three questions of our 10 unanswered questions. 
uh, I think these last three, Brennan, they're almost like a lightning round. Okay. Sure. So let's, let's treat them as such lightning round style. I put, I put the really meaty ones uh, right at the top, right? When, when I knew our energy would be at its highest, uh-huh. uh, Dan, Dan Parsons says, uh, AKA toothless Gibbon. He says, uh, the FPL bench, is it useless now with five subs, five substitutes this season? We're not going to have that uh-huh. as a permanent fixture, apparently, uh, in the Premier League. Uh, or is uh, lingering COVID still making um, a playing bench a necessity? Explain this to me. How does the five-sub rule in the Premier League make our FPL bench useless? I guess the idea would be that if you have someone like Phil Foden and he doesn't start, he's now much more likely to come on because of five subs, right? Like, I Yeah, I... I don't believe that because, yeah. and I, th- I think I mentioned this a couple of podcasts ago, uh, you know, Pep had three subs every match in the Premier League last season. Go back and look at all those matches in there. Most of them, he makes one substitution. Yeah. He was I don't think complained the most loudly, too, about five subs. <laughs> yeah. He's like, I have the deepest squad in the entire division. You know, no subs for anybody. I don't need to make any subs. I'll play a whole num- a whole new 11 next Next match. I don't see this being a thing that impacts big, deep clubs. I think that uh, those bigger clubs with the deeper squads aren't going to go five subs deep um, unless, uh, you know, they're they're in that. Uh, I mean, I, and I understand the fixture schedule is going to be a little more compact because of the World Cup this season, but I just don't think it's going to be a big deal. And then if you're thinking about, well, the clubs that need more substitutions are the smaller clubs lower down the table, the odds are in your FPL squad, the players you have from those sides are the ones who are the most quality, play the most minutes, and will be less prone to the substitution yeah. stuff. Yeah. I think um, I think we probably worry too much about – how much the five subs are really going to change anything. I mean, we talked about this. You and I keep referencing old podcasts, right? I guess you got to just go back and listen to every podcast. They're ever so done. good. Yeah. Check them out. Uh, but I mean, we went through a whole season with five subs already and it did not impact the game very much, right? The COVID, the 2020, 2021 season had five subs the whole year. I don't remember it ever really driving a lot. And also, I don't know about you, Brandon, but like everyone I know has COVID right now or has had it in the last like two weeks. So it's going to, even if they're not testing as much, it's going to continue to be an issue. You're going to have players who drop out because of COVID. I guarantee that you will need that bench for COVID or just random injuries. I mean, that happens all the time too, you know? So any number of reasons why you would want to have, you know, like actual playing bench. I think, um, how many slots can you get away with? You like to have a guy who never plays. I feel like you often like <laughs> when you put together I, a team, you always end up with one guy who's like, you know, like like a no name four million. I would always find uh, my fifteenth guy was always somebody who was red flagged because he'd been transferred to another league. <laughs> yeah, right. My logic being, well, this guy's price is never going to drop because yeah. no one else has him. Because why would you? <laughs> right. Um, right. What always ends up happening is like game week 20, I still have that guy and he yeah. somehow becomes 3.9 and I it, punch, punch my fist yeah. through the wall. It is true, though, because this happens with like Samikas, though, right? Like Samikas ended the season at like 3.7 million, you know, <laughs> it makes yeah. it very awkward at some point, you know, I mean, obviously yeah. he was he was valuable at the start of last year. Um, yeah. So I think I, I, I'm certainly going to have three playing players. Now, they aren't necessarily going to be good players. Yeah. They they will probably be some of the cheapest players in the game, but they will be players that I think will at least get 60 pitch minutes more, more game weeks than that. Yeah, sure. We've just yeah. identified Nico Williams going to Forest. He's 4.0. There you go. There's one. 
Yeah, get maybe, him in. maybe Pereira, right at four point five. Yeah. Uh, if that you know if that goes across the line. Uh, question number nine, Brandon, with goalkeeper prices so reduced, are you Brandon Kelly? This actually this really is a question for you because uh-huh. you love a premium keeper. Are you going with a four point five million keeper, a five million, a five million keeper, or a five point five million keeper? Uh, maybe, you know, maybe you have two 5.5 millions. I don't know. <laughs> two. I love a rotation. I want the Allison Ederson rotation. Uh, I think 5.0 is going to be just like the standard this mm-hmm. season. There are too many good goalkeepers, uh, you know, from, I mean, as, as discussed, Mendy controversial, but yeah. I think Nick Pope, Emmy Martinez, Aaron Ramsdale uh, at Arsenal. Like, yeah. Arsenal are leveling up, I think, with their attacking uh, threat. Hopefully, yeah. they can hold the ball more and be a little sturdier in the midfield. Yeah. And then uh, poor old Ben White will come under less, uh, <laughs> less uh, danger. I think yeah. they, I, but I think he, despite um, any flaws Arsenal had last season, they were still much as, as good a defensive club as they have been in years and i they should I, continue I, to get yeah. better too. i agree like yeah yeah i mean like I, i'm not sure that i'll start the season with um with ramsdale but i i think that he is i think there's just like a lot of talent now and yeah. if saliba carves out a spot somewhere i mean it, you know and, and even um tomiyasu like he was really good he's he's like you know just had that bad injury he was out for you know yeah. months um, convince I, me there yeah. is a 4.5 goalkeeper yeah. that's know. better than a 5.0 i was just looking to see like you know like, it's like you're almost backed into a corner with the 5.0s there's there's plenty of options there but like you got david rea who's 4.5 and he will get a lot of saves like he's like the classic like he's a classic fantasy type right the yeah. keeper won't get a lot of clean sheets but will get a lot of saves and that's sort of you know but it, which is not i don't mean to totally um dismiss that because those players you know you can get have can have seasons where they end up being you know the the highest point score in the game right because they just had you know they, they will toss in seven clean sheets to go with you know six saves per match or whatever mm-hmm. um so but so you have rea you have uh sanchez who I think I might put him in the Coutinho black box. Like, just don't want him. I, like, I just don't. I don't want to deal with with him again. It's. I just. I always find it very frustrating to have him and in, in fantasy. Um, even though I mean, he got double digit clean sheets last year. I don't mean to totally dismiss him, but just it's not fun. He also doesn't get a lot of saves. Like, it's you know, it's just, no Sanchez is not happening. Uh, it's it's Raya or five million for me. Um, and then from there, I mean, oh, I guess the other one which I kind of snuck up on me. Is I did not realize that Dean Henderson had moved uh, to Forest on loan. So yeah. Dean Henderson is the is the Forest keeper this season. You've He's got Ma- Melier and Pickford, two keepers right. of certain right. caliber at four point five. Like it's That's not true. like these four point five keepers are dirt. There's some good ones here. That's but true. I, I just feel like in recent seasons, not recent, like every season I've ever played fantasy. Yeah. The 4.5 is appealing because the only a, a keeper who's markedly better, you're always paying at least one million more for. You yeah. have to go up to 5.5. Yeah. This season, it's like what you were saying about Ali Watkins versus Gabriel Jesus. Like it's so clear the upgrade you can get for a 0.5 we're supposing on Jesus. And I think yeah. that's where we're at with the goalkeepers. I do wonder, I, I haven't looked into this enough yet, but I, I wonder if you could find a four point. It feels like it's not worth the trouble. Like you should just have a five billion keeper, but could you get a 4.5 million rotation yeah, right. that, that you like, you know, mm-hmm. like, like the, the, the Gaeta and Melier rotate 
well enough. There's also talk the palace might bring in a new keeper. So that might be, uh, you know, a little uh, risky, but mm-hmm. um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, uh, but the looking at it from a more positive lens, it is fun how many 5 million keepers there are that are, that are valuable. Like I, I don't think defaulting to Mendy is necessarily the right move. I think that yeah. um, you talked about Nick Pope, um, yep. you know, in last week's pod. And I think that, you know, I think there's a lot of, a lot of interesting options. Um, in we that, have in gone range. through so many seasons with Nick Pope playing for Burnley. <laughs> Yeah. Just like one of the least entertaining, interesting teams, uh, pitfall after pitfall from a fantasy perspective. And he delivered. He is yeah. going to a much better team and he mm-hmm. is only 0.5 more. It's uh, weird to see them all like spread out around the around the premier. Like, like did you see that uh, Tarkowski sign with Everton? Um, so he's a, I did not see that. Yeah. Okay. So he's now he's now a, an Everton center back. So, yep. Uh, I know. Glory so we'll see. Yeah, we'll gone. see if we'll see if Ben Mee uh, finds a spot somewhere as well. Uh, all right. So I, I think I'm. I think I'm with you. I think I'm gonna end up in the um, in the five million keeper category. Final question comes from Matt. He says, "How much stock should we put in the preseason? We're about to kick off pre. We kind of did this weekend, really preseason friendly season. Yeah. Well, I mean, for for Jesus, so he's kind of like the one preseason uh, point we have to look at where he came on, played 45 minutes for Arsenal, scored a brace, was involved in at least one other goal. Um, And what do we take away from that? I think first and foremost, you take away he's fit where he plays on the pitch. uh, And I think attitude more than form. Like he'll take confidence from those goals into the start of the premier league season. So that's kind of what I'm looking for in the preseason is are the guys I'm targeting for game week one healthy? Have they done? It's not like how many minutes, but do they play any minutes? It's weird. Me talking about his emotional state. Like suddenly I'm like, I'm like talking myself out of Jesus (laughs) like earlier. Yeah. So, I mean, what about you? Where are you at with like, how do you tend to treat the preseason in terms of, you know, stock up, stock down on players? I would say I think it's useful for assuming you have to be careful with this because sometimes players don't travel or, you know, don't go with the squad. I think uh, it's useful. Like there are certain things we should learn, like formation, like if Chelsea are going to play for the, you know, for the back, I presumably they will not, you know, roll into game week one without experimenting with it in the off season. So we should know that secret attack. Yeah, exactly. I think Man City, like the, the charity shield, right, which technically is a preseason friendly, I think, you know, how they line up there. Now, we all have been guilty of putting too much stock in the charity shield over the years. Like uh-huh. it is a it is a true trap. But, you know, if somebody really shines in that match, like it, it can be like I almost hope that Holland get blanks in that one. Like if, if Erling Holland scores a hat trick. Oh my God, is it on? You know, I mean, he's, he might he might be the first player to start the season with a hundred percent ownership. That literally every every manager of the game might might have that guy. So um, you know, we'll see we'll we'll see what happens there. I mean, I guess the the only thing is if he scored a hat trick in that charity shield, people might start captaining him, and that would at least open up the captaincy. Yeah, sure. Yeah, there are many different yeah. ways to uh, approach yeah. it for sure. I would say in general, I don't put a lot of stock in the preseason though. Uh, I. Um, there are certain things like I remember, um, a few years ago, you and I watching a Liverpool preseason friendly where, um, their new signing Mo Salah scored a headed goal 
and in the preseason match. And it was just like, wow, I was like, this guy can really play. You know, it was just like, it was a moment where you're like, I don't know much about this guy and watching him play in this match. I am really impressed. You know, mm-hmm. like he just looks so good. And I remember it kind of inspired us talking about him in the pod later too. And, and of course, obviously he's, he's gone to, gone on to become a, you know, a, a legend, but, but he's you know, famous. yeah, everyone and everyone kind of, I mean, Liverpool pay a lot of money for him. They, they knew he was good too, you know, but it was just like, it was a moment where, you know, sometimes with you, you don't kind of know how someone's going to either going to fit in or how they're going to look, you know, like Perisic, like I, I, you know, I mean, I, he's a famous player and like, I've seen him play for, you know, Croatia, but like. I kind of want to see how he looks in that in that Spurs squad, right? Like mm-hmm. how it looks to see him kind of bombing down the left, you know, and like whether it just seems like he's just kind of always involved or not, you yeah. know? Yeah, I agree. Yeah, it's it's like the new players. That's a good point. Seeing new players who have come yeah. in, like, are they getting um, what sort of treatment are they getting from the manager? And yeah, and like it's we're so focused during the FPL season about are they playing at least sixty. Do they play the full 90? And now you have to remind yourself that's not a thing at all during the preseason because managers, like the last thing they want to do is run these guys into the ground. They're playing the kids a lot just so they can tweak and refine. Managers are as much in preseason as anybody else. So like, does it work if I have bodies and any bodies in these positions versus versus their players that they know they're going to select at the start of the season? So that is our opening 10 questions, Brennan. There's lots more to talk about um, as we get into the season itself. I mean, the, the impact of the World Cup is going to be huge. Um, you know, how we want to play that first wild card when you've got those limited transfers, um, you know, it, it, effectively a midseason. Um, but, you know, th- those are all questions that I think you can push back at least a few weeks. I think right now I... No one wants to go into game week one without a fun team, Brandon. You know, you want, so let's, let's let's focus. Let's focus on the first few games, the first handful of game weeks right now. I mean, even a wild card. It's like it's fun to think about when you might play that first wild card. You know, like, yeah, it'd be great to play it in game week yeah. eight and then have the wild card in game week 16 and under the limited transfers. Uh, but let's you know, it's like Mike Tyson says, everyone's got to plan until they get punched in the mouth, you know, and let's see what happens the first three weeks of the season and how much it changes our our thinking. But I think these 10 questions really got at. Um, what you should be thinking about, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm getting emotional here, Brandon. Uh, just so, I just love fantasy so much. We're almost so, done. Yeah. So that is, uh, that, those are the questions and thanks again for listening. Once again, seriously, these tickets are going to sell out. Head to fest-nyc.com to get your tickets for fest. We're going to talk about a lot. We're really genuinely excited about it. As Brandon said, I think it really is going to be, um, you know, I mean, all the years we've been doing the podcast, this feels like the thing that it's kind of like the biggest thing we've ever done. So it's really, yeah. it's really exciting. And yeah. And, and we didn't really talk about it this episode, but of course, if you're a Patreon supporter of always cheating, we're going to hook you up with a 10% discount code to get those tickets for fest, but also, generally if you're not planning to come to fest and you want to support us and what we do and get an extra always cheating podcast each week we've started up our new preseason patreon podcasting where we're having more guests on uh, we eric josh you hosted eric freeman our friend mm-hmm. and fpl personality last week we are going to be talking to some very cool people in the coming weeks on our patreon pods Check us out at patreon.com slash always cheating to find yeah. out more about how you can get involved and become a bigger part of our community. Yeah. And I'll thank our newest patrons too here, Brandon. Um, yeah. Normally we do this a little earlier in the pod. So thank you. Um, and sorry, it took so long for us to thank you on this week's pod. Uh, thank you to Nate, Sam Driver, Jimmy 
Jarosevich, Harry Burford, JL McCown, Craig Wood, and Nigel O'Sullivan. Uh, thanks so much, guys, for for supporting the podcast. Really appreciate it. Guys, guys and guys and gals, Brandon, you know. People, yeah. thank you, people, for supporting the podcast. <laughs> I really appreciate it. And um, yeah, and thank so, our producers, uh, Josh. Yeah, I, I will. And I just wanted to say again, yeah, like you know, we really are trying to have a lot more guests uh, on on our Patreon pods this summer, uh, this summer and fall, and just throughout the year. And we're also going to try to do more video content too. Um, you know, we just got some great feedback from our Patreon supporters. We're really going to try to put that into. Uh, action because we want people to feel like supporting the podcast is supporting us, but also gives them um, some things that are that are fun and and worth worth their time and and support. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, lots more to come there. Patreon.com slash always change where you can go to support us. Uh, and the, thank you to our newest patron or to our producer patrons, uh, Mike DePietro, Trevor Anderson, our buddy Chris Howell, the Big Gaffer, Babas Coon, James Holland, Dave Boyden Lodal, Nick Wright, Lazarus Yunos, uh, Jesse Halstead, Bruce Kerr, Jim Payne, Brian Chin, Rich Evans. Laura Jacobson, Todd Byerly, Mike Yuang, Shiv Majoria, Andy Porlock, Dan Parsons, at FPL Merch, Carrie Swanson, Jefferson Turner, managed by Lasso, Francis Mann, Sam Shower, Jeremy Spiker, Calif Robbie, Lee Hickman, Valgar Paulson Kruger, Alex Holcomb, James Keatley, The Saint, and last but not least, Bob Fox. Excellent. Rate, review, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Follow us on Twitter at Hell Cheaters, Instagram at Hell Cheaters. Email hellcheaters at gmail.com. Visit our website for more, alwayscheating.com. And, of course, for Fest NYC, go to fest-nyc.com. I cannot wait for September 10th, Josh. Me too. All right. Talk to you soon. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.